You are tuned in to the most positive radio talk show in American history. David Essel alive. Welcome aboard, gang. Celebrating 21 years of talk radio. Positive. Let me let me correct that. Positive talk radio. Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Live on XM Satellite Channel 168 and streaming across the world at talkdavid.com. We are proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. If you're listening to us on XM Channel 168 and you know friends that could really benefit from a lift, that need a lift, that could use some information to help them make better decisions about taking care of their mind, their body, their relationship, their spirit, their money, tell them that until they get the XM Channel, they can always listen to us online at talkdavid.com. In a couple minutes, we have Dr. Aurora Badia, board-certified uh, dermatologist, going to be on with us in just a few minutes, talking about the increase in skin cancer, what's causing it, and also a question that I have, because I have seen this bounce back and forth, depending on who's writing the articles, are tanning beds and tanning booths really that detrimental to our skin health? We'll find out more from the expert. Dr. Aurora Badia, when she comes on with us in, in just a moment or so. Uh, speaking of doctors, this is something that comes in on a somewhat regular basis, people asking this very question about stopping medication. In this case, stopping anti-anxiety medication and high blood pressure medication without your doctor's knowledge because you're feeling better. And here's the problem. Lots of times, individuals will tune into a show like this, or they'll get a book or a CD or a DVD, and they'll decide they're ready to make changes. And they do make changes. And they radically change their diet, or they begin to meditate, or they begin to exercise, and they feel so much better. And then all of a sudden, they go, you know, I don't need this clonazepam, anti-anxiety medication. I don't need this high blood pressure medication, and they stop it. And here's the problem. Depending on the dose that you're on, depending on the number of months or years you've been on it, you could have some serious consequences from withdrawal without your doctor's knowledge. Now, you may go to your doctor or call them and say, hey, listen, I've made these positive lifestyle changes. I'm feeling so much better. I want to get off the medication. And with their help, you can taper down and decrease the chance of negative withdrawal symptoms coming about from you being your own doctor. So be smart with it. Even if you feel, I'm glad you feel great for the person that wrote into us. I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you're making lifestyle changes. However, don't make the mistake and have some other serious complications arise because you haven't done it intelligently. 1-800- Five, four, eight, talk. And don't forget, today is the kickoff day of our one million book giveaway. We are so excited. Our brand new book comes out today, The Power of Focus, How to Exceed Your Own Expectations in Life. And we are giving away one million copies for free. After the one million copies go, it'll be nineteen ninety five. Go to our website. There's eight different versions of the book that you can get. Talkdavid.com. Go to talkdavid.com. Get your free book, The Power of Focus. We're so excited. And the minute you get your book, you'll automatically be entered into our contest. 
and one lucky person is going to win a $10,000 life coach package with me. So go to talkdavid.com. Be one of our 1 million people to get the brand new book, The Power of Focus. Talkdavid.com. We're doing it because we want to help be another solution in your life to help you get the life you want. And we're excited about it. All right. Skin cancer rates up. The question is why. And are tanning booths that bad? And if you were to get skin cancer, what's the best thing you can do once the diagnosis is made? Uh, our guest right now is Dr. Aurora Badia. She's a board-certified dermatologist. Dr. Badia, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me. Yes. Okay, so the first, so we, we know skin cancer's up. We'll talk about numbers in a minute. But let me ask that question about tanning booths, Dr. Badia. Are they that bad? They really are. They really are. Because what's happening is that they're concentrated forms of ultraviolet radiation. So the same thing that you're kind of getting out in the sun and exposure, you're getting it in a concentrated form. And, you know, that's why you do get that tan afterwards. It's only a few seconds. But it really is bad because it's concentrating that UV radiation in a short period of time. Um, so it, it is bad. I mean, you're not using any sunscreen. Really, what we say is any tan, you know, people have the idea that if you're tan, then it's okay. It's not really a problem, only if you get a blistering sunburn. But any tan to your skin really shows that there's some damage to the skin. So. Um, is there is there any amount of time, like if someone's going into a tanning booth, would you say don't ever spend more than five minutes there, or would you say just don't ever go? Just don't ever go, really. The sun, you know, the advantages of it, it's all, you know, mainly for cosmetic appearance. And there's so many great options with the self-tanners nowadays. Some people say, well, I just like the way it looks. If that's the case, then the self-tanners are a great option, The you know, the creams and the spray tans, and those are safe. Um, the other thing, some people say they like, you know, the feeling of, you know, some people almost get addicted to the, to the right. tanning bed, but really no tanning bed is safe in no amount of time. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's the substance, I think, that's used in those tanning sprays. I think it's it goes by the initials DHA. Mm-hmm. Is is that correct? Do you know? I, I'm not positive. But, but yeah. I'm, 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 is it DHA, and is that a safe chemical? In the amount that is used, you know, any chemical used at a high amount is can be uh, toxic. But really, the, the tanning sprays that are used, as long as they're used in, in the amount that are used to cover the body once are, is fine. Those have never shown to cause any problems with predisposition to toxicity and so forth. So using them on, you know, biweekly basis should be fine. Yeah, and I, I, I've even seen, Dr. Badia, some of the um, the organizations that they limit people. They say you can't come in to get your spray tan more than twice a week. Right, right. Um, you know, just because the fumes and so forth, but really, if you're using the creams at home, generally those are not a problem. You know, they're, they're really, mm. the American Academy of Dermatology has said that those are a safe option for the cosmetic appearance of tanning. But what we like to encourage is people to kind of um, become more accustomed to accepting their skin at a more natural color, you know, what their skin normally is. Because a pale skin, like a Nicole Kidman, can be very attractive. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a mindset, too. It's hard to 
make that break, but really your skin over time, if you continue to expose it to the sun, it'll look great in your 20s, but then when you get to 40 and 50, then it doesn't look so great. It starts looking (laughs) leathery and wrinkly and, you know, full of freckles and, you know... You know, we all hope that we're going to live a long time, and so, you know, you've got to live with your skin a lifetime. Right. Now, I heard, Doctor. we're talking with Dr. Aurora Badia, a board-certified dermatologist. If you want more information about Dr. Badia, we'll be getting to actually some stats about skin cancer, et cetera. But go to floridaskincenter.com, floridaskincenter.com. All right, so I'm listening to the radio. I hear a dermatologist in an ad, and it almost sounded like a, a PSA, a public service announcement, saying that 20 to 30 minutes of sun exposure a day is important to have. Okay, so, you know, some of the ideas of, you know, sun exposure um, is, of course, the vitamin D levels. And what we try to tell people is, sure, you know, sun exposure can increase your vitamin D levels, but especially us living in Florida, um, just walking around, you know, from your car to your house, you're getting enough sun to put your vitamin D levels at a normal level. Plus, there's so many other options for elevating your vitamin D levels, you know, oral supplements and so forth that don't expose your skin to the uh, tanning rays and the damage of the sun because skin cancer really is on the rise. And now they, you know, one in five Americans now will have skin cancer in their lifetime. One so, in five. One in five will have all types of, you know, one or the other. Yeah. So there's basal cell, squamous cell melanoma. And up to one in 65 now will develop melanoma, which is, of course, the deadliest form of skin cancer. Yeah. And, and what's, what is that increase from, Dr. Badia? Uh, we're not really sure. We don't know if it's increased detection, you know, because of awareness of people. So we're hoping that we're catching it at an earlier rate. Um, the depletion of the ozone uh, level, maybe people living longer, you know, just longer life expectancy, so they have more time to develop skin cancers, you know, from all the sun damage they've had their whole life. So every time we add more years to our life expectancy, unfortunately we have more time for things to go wrong. And so all those factors combined we think are are adding to it. Hmm. I'm going to ask you, Dr. Badia, to stay there. We're going to go to a message. We're going to come back, and we'll talk more about the reasons skin cancer is up, what to do if you if you do find out that you have cancer, what are your options, and also, is there a genetic link? Like, is there a genetic link to skin cancer? If your mother or father or sister or brother got it, does that increase the odds for you, or could it have nothing to do with genetics? We'll talk with uh, Dr. Aurora Badia floridaskincenter.com after these messages 1-800-548-8255 1-800-548-8255 I'm David Essel stay right there Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, David Essel live on XM Satellite Radio Channel 168 and broadcasting worldwide, streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. If you miss one of our shows and you're going, oh, my Lord, I really wanted to hear that guest or this guest, you want to come back and just maybe you've got some free time and you say, I think I'll just listen to 30 or 40 hours of David. 
<laughs> well, you can do that, too. Just go to iTunes slash David Essel Alive for all of our archived shows. iTunes slash David Essel Alive for all of our archived shows. Will, Wilkos, well, Will Wilkerson puts those together every week. Rate us in the most positive of ways, and you'll probably win the lottery. Guaranteed. one 800 We're talking with Dr. Aurora Badia. Board-certified dermatologist. And Dr. Badia, is there a strong genetic link for skin cancer or not so much? For certain types. Okay, so for melanoma, there is a link. Melanoma, the deadliest form of skin cancer, there's a genetic link. So there's a predisposition. If you have a first-degree relative with melanoma, meaning brother, sister, mom, dad, uh, then you are at a higher risk than the general population. And it's encouraged that you get more regular skin checks than the general population because you have a bit of a higher risk. Um, for basal cell and squamous cells, the two uh, other more common skin cancers, it's not, a, there's no genetic link. None at all. Uh, no. Uh, so mm. it's just, you know, it's just in the way that uh, maybe there's a link and that if you are. A, paler complexion, you know, you might be more predisposed, but it's not a direct genetic predisposition. And that was my next question going to be, are there certain people that are at higher risk? Yes, the, the paler you are, the, the lighter skin type, the lighter eyes, you have a more of a disposition to get skin cancer. Um, so you have to take extra precautions, lighter eyes, lighter hair, lighter skin. So the, you should take extra precautions, avoiding sun between 11 and 2, sunscreening, um, you know, getting regular checks. And what's the minimal uh, 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 in regards to checkups? Is it like your annual physical once a year, more frequently? What's your, what's your calling? Right. So once a year is a good baseline check, just like your regular check. And then if you do have uh, things that they find, if you have pre-skin cancers, or precancers or skin cancer, then we generally recommend you come in every six months for a check just to make sure that there's nothing developing in the six months because you've already had enough sun exposure to where you might then later develop more skin cancers because uh, we can never really catch up, unfortunately. Once you've had the damage, uh, your skin is damaged and then we have to keep an eye on you uh, from then on. So there's not really a way to repair completely. We can definitely improve the condition of your skin by with certain preventative treatments that we have, but we can never turn back the time completely and say, okay, your skin is fine now. Right. The now, damage has been done. Yeah, the damage is done. I, I have seen everything from a 10 to 100 SPF. You see these sunscreens that are like, you know, 7,000 SPF or something. Is, does it really matter? I mean, is, is there a point in that number where it's just a marketing ploy, Dr. Badia, where that it really doesn't matter if you use more than a 30 or more than a 50? or what, 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 What's your take on all that stuff? The general number that we say 30 or higher, it's not that much more significant after 30 or higher. So, 30 will give you, let's say, a 97%. Then you go up to 100, it's like only one point more. So as long as you're reapplying every two hours, that's fine. Or if you're, you know, swimming or something every hour, then that's usually enough, 30 or higher. Because the added price of the added SPF 100 or 150 or whatever it is, then that's not really that much more beneficial. 
So as mm. long as it's 30 or higher, then you're generally fine. And the ones that say waterproof, are they really? Uh, they're not completely waterproof, and there's been a lot of debate about that, about like, mislabeling. So they are uh, water-resistant, but they're not really waterproof, as people that have used them probably have noticed. You know, they're not completely waterproof, but definitely they're more water-resistant than your other sunscreen. More difficult to have them fall off when you go swimming. So even if even if it says waterproof or water resistance or whatever, you're still going by the the adage that if you're in the water, reapply every hour. If you're out of the water, reapply every two hours. Yes, that's a good rule of thumb. Okay. And then for someone that, that has skin cancer or damaged skin, are there treatments after, let's say, the, the skin cancer is, is removed, are there treatments that are effective uh, in in helping the skin become healthier again, or w- once you get the wrinkles or once you get the cancer, even if it's removed, there's nothing that can really be done to help the skin look more youthful again? There, there are many treatments nowadays um, for what we say, you know, kind of trying to remove some of the damage. So the treatments that are available are anything from creams that you apply at home, you know, med- prescription creams that mm-hmm. target precancerous cells. And you apply those for a few weeks at home, and sometimes your skin gets a little irritated and red and then peel, and it leaves healthier skin. But there are also other treatments that are done within the physician's office where we, you know, you will apply a cream on the face and it targets precancerous cells. You sit under a special light, and then the precancerous cells are targeted and they peel like a sunburn for about a week. And then that's something that's done in the office, and you know, it's usually covered through insurance. So there's a lot of new things out in the past, you know, few years that are available to try to reverse some of the damage. If you want more information on what is available and uh, and more information on Dr. Badia as well, go to floridaskincenter.com, floridaskincenter.com. Dr. Badia, it was great to have you on, and thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with us here. Well, thank you, David. It's been a pleasure, and uh, have a nice evening. Yes, I will. You too. Again, the website, floridaskincenter.com. I thought that was fascinating. I didn't. I thought that there would be a heck of a lot bigger of a genetic link with skin cancer other than with the, uh, the melanoma, the most dangerous one, which makes sense. But I thought the other ones would have uh, uh, a greater risk as well genetically. And don't forget what Dr. Badia said. Stay out of those tanning beds. I have heard so many conflicting messages, but I believe her as a board-certified dermatologist, and I really believe we need to stay the heck out of there. Uh, those things have been around for a long time, and they are a, they can be mentally, emotionally addicting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a friend that had one in her house, and she had to be in it. I pray to God that her skin is fine and she'll never get cancer, but she had to be in it four to five days a week. It was something that she was trying, and if she didn't have that dark tan, and if she wasn't in that bed in her own house... She would get grumpy, irritable, anxious. It was an addiction. It was 100% an addiction. Coming up after this break, we're going to be answering one of your emails about would you date outside of your religion? Does religion have a lot to do with your preference of marriage and dating? We have a, a question coming in from one of our listeners we'll go over. And so much more, of course, as we always do. I'm glad that you're with us. I'm David Essel. Stay there. 
here to give you a lift for three solid hours every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. David Essel in the box with you, broadcasting on XM Satellite Radio, Channel 168, streaming around the world at talkdavid.com. And broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Now, if you want to stay in touch with us during the week, like 24-7, seven days a week, there's all kinds of ways. Facebook, join our page, David Essel Alive. Twitter, join me at David Essel. LinkedIn at David Essel. Call us at any time during the show, 1-800-548-TALK. Email us anytime. During the show, after the show, 24-7, baby, at talkdavid.com. And, of course, our text. You can join our David Essel Live VIP texting club absolutely free. I'll be giving you that information in a little bit. There's just so many ways that you can tune in. You can also listen to our show, stream it to your iPhone, uh, to your Android, to so many mobile phones. Just go to talkdavid.com, click on the XM Radio logo, And there's information right there on how you can get this show right to your mobile phone, which is phenomenal. 1-800-548-8255. So here's a question about religion and dating. Uh, David, your radio segment on religion and dating struck a chord. While I say I'm open-minded and respect all religions, I'm a Christian and could never date a non-Christian. Does this say I'm not as open-minded as I thought I was? Do most of your listeners feel the same way? Or am I just old-fashioned in my thinking? First of all, I love the fact that you're willing to ask those questions of yourself because it says maybe that you are more open-minded than you even think, regardless of your choice. So so 1-800-548-TALK. Could you date someone from another religion and uh, be okay with that? Would you date someone? Have you dated someone from another religion in the past? Did it work? Did it not work? If it didn't work, was the religion, the difference of religious beliefs, the reason it did not work? 1-800-548-8255. This person who wrote in who said that they're Christian, they could only date Christians, does this this ring a bell? Is this... um, are, are they are they more closed minded than they think? Are they old fashioned? Has times changed dramatically for you in your mind in regards to dating and marriage? Could you date someone comfortably who was totally from a different religion? If you were if you were a Christian, could you date a Buddhist or a Hindu? If you were Buddhist, could you date a Christian? Uh, if you had a religious denomination, could you date an agnostic or an atheist? Have you, like, stretched yourself from that perspective? Do you know friends or family members that have that were successful or that were not successful? Do you think that that religion should be a a major determining point in regards to a partner that you're looking to date? Or do you think that in 2012... We've moved past that and become more open-minded where it's not crucial, where that someone, you can have your path, I'll have my path, and we'll be fine. What do you think about that? 
Should we stay dating in our own religious groups? Or does that create more of a closed-minded attitude towards other religions? Could our... Our desire to stay within our religious belief system, could that actually be creating stereotypes and prejudice? Did you ever think about that? Fascinating, isn't it? Have you been there in that situation where you said, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to date, even though we have different religions, I'm going to date this person. I mean, you know, maybe you're a Christian that dates someone who's Christian, but it's a different Christian path than you. And sometimes that can create conflict, right? 1-800-548-8255. I worked with a couple probably three years ago who were, uh, well, one of them was was, uh, a born-again Christian, and the other one was Christian but wasn't as, um, I'll use the word, strict in their belief system. Her words, not mine. And uh, she was very flexible, going along, would go to his services, and he was very rigid in his belief systems, just happened to be. And it lasted for about three months. The first two months were absolutely bliss, but then it got to be contentious. Even though they both came from the same Christian religion, they couldn't get it together. You know, interesting, isn't it? one 800 Do you think that we should really look at religion as a major determiner if we want to date someone, marry someone, or can we be more open-minded? The, the, the person that wrote this in is a great question. It's a, it's a great freaking question. You know, can we be more open-minded? Or, or is it important to you to stay within your own religious group, your own relig- religious sect? Is that more comfortable for you? Does it seem to work for you? Does it seem to make more sense to you? Or could you, like, just blow the doors out and experiment? Could you ever see yourself experimenting with someone with a totally different religious background because you really loved everything else about them? 1-800-548-8255. Let's go to Chuck, New England. You're out with David Essel. Hey, how you doing, David? Driving a truck at New England, stomping around, keeping America moving. How you doing? <laughs> I love it. I love it, Chuck. <laughs> I love it. Hey, welcome to the show, man. What are your thoughts here? Okay, so if you look at religion in the individual, it depends on how intensely that religion is to that individual. If you are a devout Christian and you uh, don't feel comfortable expressing other religious views or discussing other religious views, with other people, then I would say if you're going to go and date someone, then you need to date someone from your own religion. If you have no problem sitting down and discussing other religions and not having it shake you to the core kind of thing, then you can possibly go out and, you know, date someone from another religion. The reason why I say that is because religion or faith in general is a fundamental part of each individual and how they perceive the world and how they act. If you are going to get into a relationship and be intimate, not necessarily physically, but also mentally and emotionally intimate with someone, then that's the question you have to ask yourself. If they have another religion, is it going to contradict or shake my religion or, more importantly, my own faith? And Chuck, and you know, Chuck, it's interesting you say that because 
you know, as, as the example I gave, even people within the same religion, because there are so many different approaches to Buddhism, to Hinduism, to Christianity, even people in the same religion could have some pretty different belief systems that may not match as well. And that's where the open-mindedness comes from. Yeah. If, you, if he says he's open-minded, then okay. But the question he's got to ask himself is, if I date somebody from another religion, are there going to be religious conflicts that I can deal with and right. still, you know, be with this person? So that's my two cents on it. You have yeah. a good night, Dave. Hey, thank you so much, Chuck. You too, man. Let, let's go. 1-800-548-8255. I'd love to know your opinion on this topic. 1-800-548-8255. From New England to Indiana. Corey, you're on with David Essel. Hi, how you doing, David? Hey, Corey, what's your thoughts here? Well, yeah, you know, um, I really don't have a, a religion, uh, so to speak. Uh, I guess you would call me an atheist. Um, my my wife is a pretty strict Christian. She comes from a pretty strict Christian background, and uh, we seem to pretty much get along very well. Uh, I feel like, um, you know, just because you're walking down the same sidewalk, you don't have to, you know, have on the same pair of shoes, you know. Right, right. Hey, Corey, this is fascinating. So, and and she, obviously, have you said the words to her that I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God? Well, I'm not exactly an atheist. I really don't like to, you know, use a, a, a name for it, I guess. I just don't believe in that sort of thing, you know. The whole religion thing is just kind of not my thing. Okay, so what happens when, when there's a... Uh, do, does she go to church or services on a regular basis? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, well, uh, so when she, when she goes, you, uh, you do you go or do you not go? No, I do not. I do not. Okay, and and how long have you been together, Corey? Uh, uh, we've been together uh, approximately eight years. We've been married uh, six Okay, and in, in all that time, has she ever said to you, you know what, we could have such a better relationship if you would go to church with me? She, she has. She has said that a number of times, but she doesn't really press, press it on me. She would, you know, she kind of just throws that out there, you know, that she'd mm-hmm. like for me to join her in church. And, and, and I have uh, joined her once or twice in church, and uh, I just can't find myself getting into it. Yeah. Do you, Corey, I mean, I don't know if she would ever tell you this or say this to you, but do you think that she might have resentments that you are, you, you have a different belief system than she does? Uh, I don't think uh, resentment. I, I believe she would like me to have the same belief system that she does, but I think it's okay that I don't. And you guys don't get in arguments about this or anything? No, no, we don't get in any arguments about it. Oh, that's interesting. Now, do you have children? Now, Corey, I hope you know that I'm going to ask you a thousand questions about your whole life. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you guys have kids? No, we don't. Do you plan on having children? Uh, yeah, yeah, we kind of. I mean, it, 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 it's it's. So I'm really not planning on it. We're not really planning on it. But you know, if it happens, we welcome it. Okay. So now, if you have children, 
would you, and, and she, you know, and then you have the baptism and you have, you know, I don't know what kind of Christian, you know, a sect that she's in, but if, you know, there might be communion uh-huh. and there could, I mean, would uh-huh. you go to the religious, uh, the sacraments with your wife and your child as they grow and go through her religion? Absolutely. You know, one thing about it is I, I my family actually is a Christian family. My wife actually goes to the church that I was raised in. Hmm. And, uh, you know, like my grandmother, my mom, all my aunts and uncles, everybody attends this church. You know, it's just me that uh, has my own belief system. And, um, you know, I, I don't have a problem with going to, you know, a baptism or, or you know, a religious service or a, a, a musical program or something that, you know, my future kids might be involved in. I don't have a right. problem with that at all. Okay. And when when did your when did your switch? So you were raised in a Christian family. Your wife goes with your uh-huh. family to church. When did the switch happen to you and why? I'm curious. Well, you know, I feel like, you know, as you, as you grow up in life and, and, and you, you experience different things and you, you kind of have a wide view, uh, a wider view of what life is all about. And, 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 and you know, I read, a, I read a lot and I read some, uh, you know, up on, you know, astronomy and, and, and things like that. And, you know, it just comes to me that, you know, it may be a higher being. I'm, I'm not saying that it's absolutely no higher being than me. I'm, I'm not going to say that at all because I don't, I have no idea about that. But what I'm saying is religion, it, it, it kind of seems to me as a uh, a trap or a, a control mechanism, you know, to where you're, you can't have your own thoughts. You, you know, your thoughts are already mapped out for you instead of you being able to make that decision on your own. Because I think people are good people without religion. You don't, you don't, you don't need a, a higher being or a purpose or a... Uh, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow to be a good person, you know, and, and that's just the way I feel. Right. Corey, this has been awesome. I want to thank you so much for calling, and uh, and, and I, I pray that you and your wife have the most amazing marriage forever. And I just am, am, am so happy to hear that you guys can come from such different belief systems and love each other. Okay. I, I thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. 1-800-548-8255. What are your thoughts about that? Corey, I, I'm going to even label Corey. Corey didn't want to label himself. I'm going to label him agnostic because he just doesn't know. He's not saying there isn't something. So he's agnostic to me. So what do you think about that? Could you be in a relationship with someone that did not have, if you have a very strong religious belief system, could you be with someone that had none? If you were someone that really didn't have much of a belief system, could you be with someone who was very strict and wanted to go and wanted you to go with them? 1-800-548-8255. I am so glad that you're choosing to spend some of your weekend with us. We'll continue to rock this world and bring about light and energy and positivity and maybe even a little bit of open-mindedness along the way. 800-548-8255. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Through standing in line, the clubs I'm never getting. It's like the bottom of the ninth, and I'm never gonna win this. Life hasn't turned out quite the way I wanna 
sounds of me. Tell me what you want. I want a brand new David Essel alive here now, always, Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. We rock the USA, and hopefully, as you are rocking with us, giving you ideas and thoughts to make your life better. Here's some responses to this. Uh, our last caller, Corey, uh, wife is Christian. I called him agnostic. He didn't. Uh, He's just not quite sure. Wayne says, uh, and this is dating someone outside of your own belief system. Wayne says, uh, try dating a non-religious person, uh, but it was nothing but stress. Amy says, I dated a guy who was spiritual. I'm very religious, and it sucked. (laughs) Oh, God, that's funny. Larry says, uh, it takes a really open and advanced person to date outside of their religion. Very nice. Very, very nice. Uh, We'll continue this conversation, I know, at another time as I continue to see the response coming in for it. Big stuff. Big stuff. If you're ready to radically change your life, you want to take a look at our Master Mentor Program. It's one of the many coaching programs that we offer. It is the most intense. It has the most accountability. You will work with me for 52 straight weeks, one year twice a week for one year. It's exciting. It's highly successful. If you want more information, if you're ready to really rock, maybe it's your finances, your career, your relationship, your spiritual path. It could be losing an addiction. If you're really ready to put the time in to create the life you really want, contact me at talkdavid.com. Send me an email just saying, I want more information on the Master Mentor Program. It's fun. Like I said, we rock it. It's so much fun. It's 52 straight weeks, one-on-one with me, and I'll send you actually uh, endorsements from people that have taken the program. I'll send you the testimonials. 52 weeks to a transformed you. Email me today at talkdavid.com. Uh, oh, my God. Dating. Dating and divorce. So here's a great question. How long after I divorce? You know, this this question we get in a lot. I think we got this a couple weeks ago from someone else. Uh, this person has been divorced for six months. They're wondering how long they should wait before they date. And it's always going to be a year. I'm going to make it really easy for you, gang. When you're separated And I promise you this, if you can do what I'm telling you now, your life will radically be happier. Don't date. Don't date when you're separated. Now, if you want to go out for coffee or lunch or dinner or something like that, fine. But let the person know, I'm not available. You know what? I've got a tongue going on. My brain is screwed up, as most people are when they're separated, right? And then once you're divorced, wait a year. Work with a therapist, a coach, a minister. Let go of resentments because if you don't let go of every resentment you have against your current spouse or who just happened to become your former spouse, you'll carry it into the next relationship. I guarantee it. I've been doing this for 22 years. I see it constantly. Hey, a big thank you to everyone behind the scenes helping me run this show and create the show. Nathan Staten in Studio E here in California. Uh, Will Wilkerson, Studio E in California. Thank you guys for the great work that you do every week. April O'Leary, the producer for our guest. Uh, Deborah Grobman, the brand manager. Vivian who's rocking it with Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and more. David Essel Alive can be heard around the world online, online streaming, powered by Error FM Live at errorfm.com. Remember, we're coming back in seven days. Between now and then, do your best. Do your best. Be bold, be strong, be positive. We'll have much more information next week. I'm David Essel. I know 
you can do it.